Hello, it's Philly here. Just a quick announcement before we jump into today's episode. Natural Medicine Week, hosted by Australian Traditional Medicine Society, is coming up on the 22nd to the 28th of May. I'm a proud ambassador for Natural Medicine Week, which showcases all the many ways natural medicine can restore the body and mind with live online events run by qualified practitioners across Australia. You can check out the link in the show notes to find your way to Natural Medicine Week. As part of the event, I'll be holding a special free Root Cause of Emotional Eating Masterclass, which you can sign up for via the Natural Medicine Week website. During the masterclass, I'll be digging into emotional eating, food addictions, sugar cravings, and the hidden imbalances in the body that cause this behavior, as well as the metaphysical imbalances that are at the deepest root cause of emotional eating. Hope you can make it. Okay, on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Ending Body Burnout Show, where your hosts, Chris and Philly, co-founders of multi-award winning functional medicine practice, serving busy people with energy, mood and gut issues. While busyness, overworking, addictive doing and perfectionism might be the norm, it's not normal and it's a major contributor to health issues. Our goal with this show is to give you a holistic root, root cause approach to healing your body so that you don't have to continue doctor or diet hopping or popping in gazillion supplements hoping something might stick. So get ready to heal your body, get your spark back, deeply connect with yourself and step into the life of your dreams. Let's dive in. Well, hello there. How you going? Chris here from Chris and Philly Functional Medicine. Super excited to have you on the Ending Body Burnout Show today. I am with my partner in functional medicine and holistic healing, Philly. How you going? Good. So we're excited to share another Connect the Dots episode with you. We love these ones because we get to take a real life listener's case and put our detective hats on to connect the dots of your health symptoms. Uh, So we're going to be going over... Uh, symptoms and suggest best lab tests to confirm imbalances and also really dig into potential root causes. In today's episode, we're digging into a case around food sensitivities, insomnia, Graves disease and a chronic cough. And I just want to say thank you to all those who have submitted um, a case for Connect the Dots. There were so many complexities in the cases that we decided just to use one for this food sensitivities episode. But don't worry, we have got a bank of other applications that we'll use for other episodes. Lots of stuff coming soon. So stick around, guys. Today should be a beauty. Hope you enjoy listening to us go on a journey to connect the dots, doing whatever you're doing. Stay tuned. All right. Okay. Let's so, get bef- into it. Well, I'm actually just going to do a bit of a disclaimer. So before we jump into this case, I just want to make it fully aware that this is for informational, educational purposes only. It doesn't replace having an official consult with us or with your medical doctor or your practitioner. So what we're going to talk about today is not coming from a place of advice giving, but more so as uh, another perspective. So another perspective of the way that you can look at 
body burnout symptoms and health conditions that are connected there. It's also in touching with that, uh, you're on a personal development journey at the end of the day. And so using the the things that we talk about today, use that as a, a resource to open up your mind, your awareness and and inspire you to, to dive deep into connecting your own dots, going on your own journey. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's look at Chantel. So this is our listener. We don't know Chantel, so which is lovely because then we can just look at this Yet. with a clean, clean slate. <laughs> Yet. Uh, so she, so I want to talk about the combo of symptoms that she is currently experiencing. So she has a large amount of food allergies and sensitivities, a weird chronic cough that just doesn't seem to go away, fatigue, insomnia, brain fog, dry skin, and she's also had a diagnosis of Graves' disease. So there's a lot going on for this poor woman. She also wrote in to say that these symptoms manifested too long ago to remember. So this is a chronic issue. Sometimes people say, uh, you know, if I have them in, in a consult for a connect the dots and I'm like, how, when did this start happening? Oh, forever. And then when I ask specific questions, actually, sometimes it manifests maybe in adulthood or as a teenager. So we don't really know what it means by too long ago to remember. Maybe it was when she was born, she had issues or it might've developed, um, as time went on. That's interesting languaging coming from uh, a linguistics and the communication thing. A lot of times we can blow out, blow out a proportion at our mm. symptoms, right? And, and this has been going on forever. I mean, if, if I use the words before I can, so long, I can't remember that's this morning. So in some ways. <laughs> yeah. And also to like really. the word forever is a bit of a generalization as mm. well. So maybe Chris, do you want to talk into that from an NLP perspective, like generalizations and how that can actually cause more health issues mm. or more issues in your life when you're constantly generalizing? There are, there's millions, millions and millions of things that little bits of information and stuff that we possibly could be aware of in our world, in our environment. Our brain's got this nifty little trick. It filters it all out. Not all out. <laughs> That's a generalization. <laughs> it, it filters a lot out and it just kind of chunks it down to like with like, same with same, similar to similar, now with now, later with later, past with past, future, future, all that sort of stuff, family, family, and chunks it down into, into only a few chunks. And anytime there's... Anytime that we don't filter things, anytime that our brain doesn't filter stuff out in this way and chunk it all down, we can become overwhelmed. And we're going to do it too much, I think. But but sometimes when we do filter things out, we have sometimes we have a preferred way of doing things. We can generalize stuff. We can delete out a whole bunch of information. My mum always said I had selective hearing, so mm -hmm. probably that might be an example of <laughs> deletions and 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 sometimes we distort stuff and uh, Philly will tell me to do something around the house and oh, oh no, coming back deletion. coming <laughs> back from the from the beach the other day and Philly's like I told you I need to leave for the clinic at I can't even remember that's a deletion and <laughs> and my brain distorted it to to something that I wanted so mm. I guess that you could call that selective 
hearing, but we all do that to a to a degree. We distort, we generalize, we delete. And it can make you feel worse as well. So this mm. is not when we do these connect the dots because we're not having a conversation with the person who submitted the case. We're not nitpicking anything here it's just opening up a conversation so generalization as well can make people feel worse worse than what they are because it's like it's gone on forever i always feel like this i always react to foods i always have trouble sleeping and so then it's just like whoa that's that's really overwhelming and consuming and can make you feel worse as opposed to well specifically speaking i can eat so a food so many times actually it's only when I eat this food but generally speaking generally (laughs) um, or specifically speaking I can do things and feel good so that's just what I wanted to bring up from that point all right so let's talk about food sensitivities Uh, the reason why we picked this case specifically too is that next week we have an awesome client coming on who struggled with a whole heap of issues, including food sensitivities to the point where she could only eat asparagus and mushrooms at her worst. So exciting. So Yay. exciting. No, I'm like so excited to share um, Alice's story with you next week. But we wanted to talk about food sensitivities. What was it? Asparagus and mushroom. Asparagus and mushroom. Oh. Put that in a mushroom asparagus sandwich. All right. So this lady, our listener today, or the case study, said specifically that she had a large amount. Well, actually, that's probably not specific. That's a generalization. How many? But then she did say. In How many times can we generalize in our. Now we've told you about generalizations <laughs> oh my gosh, and deletions. Kick it up everywhere. See, we all do it. We all do it. No one's immune to it's doing normal. it. Pretty normal. Okay. Now, Chantel did specifically say that she had a food allergy test and. 88 food allergy tests. So this test, I'm assuming might have probably would have been a blood test or maybe a hair test, looked at 88 general foods and 66 came back as her body having an allergy response to them. And so she said she now tries to avoid all of these foods. So that's a lot of foods. That's 66 foods that this lady is currently trying to avoid in order to manage her symptoms. So that's a, you know, I was talking about if you've got only, you get overwhelmed if you've got more than a few chunks, mm. what is it, seven, seven plus or minus two chunks of information at any one particular time, any more than that, you're overwhelmed. How many foods did you say? She's 66. 66. That's mm, That breaks my heart. It's a lot. And so flat out straight away, my, my take on that is that's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's for overwhelming. me, that's overwhelming and, but, and probably is for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to chat about food allergy testing for a sec here. Specifically like what is food allergy or a food allergy test. So there are quite a different number of tests that you can do to look at food reactions in your body. So if we're looking at allergies, you could have a IgE or an IgG or an IgA reaction to certain foods. And so I just wanted to break this down just so that if someone else has had this test done or you're thinking about it or you have food reactions or sensitivities, this will help you just to understand what might be going on. So if you have an IgE reaction to a food, that's an immediate reaction. And that's often for people who have anaphylactic type reactions to foods. 
It's kind of like as soon as you eat the food, you come up in hives or whatever that might be, stomach ache straight away um, if it's severe enough, anaphylactic shock. Now that's less common. More common is having an allergy reaction that is IgA or IgG. So this means that there's antibodies, IgG and IgA antibodies in your body that react to... that react when you have certain foods and it's considered more of a delayed reaction. So more like a food sensitivity as opposed to a true immediate allergic reaction. And this can be really tricky to pick up because symptoms can arise anywhere from one to four days after eating the foods. And so doing a food allergy test, IgG, IgA, can be helpful to detect if you're responding to food. So you can actually try and work out, oh, is it a food that I'm eating that might be causing my symptoms? Now, however, a word of caution for food allergy testing. First of all, they're very easy to purchase online and not all are reliable testing. So sometimes you can get back a food allergy test that says you're having a reaction to 20, 30, 40 foods when maybe you're not actually. And so then that can create a bit of food fear. I find that a lot with clients who have done some sort of test like that and they've been avoiding these foods for years. And I'm like, have you ever challenged them? Like, (laughs) you just like completely- What did you call it? Food fear. Food fear. Yeah, food fear. It's, It's so common. Um. So, so yeah, so it can lead to food avoidance, which isn't always that helpful because when people start taking out heaps and heaps and heaps of foods from the diet, you actually paint yourself into a corner so that when you do try and eat the foods again, your body's so hypersensitive to the food that you may try and challenge or that you might have accidentally that you can actually then develop more food sensitivities mm. So that's caution number one. Caution number two is what happens if your test like this, ladies, comes back with 66 out of 88 reactive foods? That's almost all the foods on the test. It's almost all Ooh. the foods on the planet. <laughs> on the planet. There's a lot more. That's a generalisation. <laughs> but but I would imagine if she did a test that's 88 foods, it probably yeah. would have been like the general foods that most people eat. So... <laughs> Okay, so so this sounds like – so then what do you do with that information, I guess, is the, the second caution. So often you'll get a lab test, especially if it's just purchased online, you're not working with a practitioner. Now artificial intelligence will spit out a bunch of stuff for you and say you need to avoid these foods for so long and, you know, try these again later and do a rotation diet and da-di-da-di-da. And so then you get this report back in the email and you're like, what do I do with this information? Do I just avoid these foods for the rest of my life? Like every time I try and challenge them, maybe like in a month's time, I keep reacting to them. So what do I do with this data? Do I just restrict for the rest of my life to try and manage my symptoms? (sighs) That for me, feels overwhelming also. So I believe that a healthy body should be able to eat all healthy foods. So when someone presents, like when a client presents with um, symptoms that are linked back to foods, my question is always, well, what's actually led to that in the first place? And the first inquiry is looking at the body systems. So there's always got to be something out of whack for your immune system to become hypervigilant 
and start tagging broccoli and carrots and banana as threatening to your system. We always say you can't have a symptom without there being an underlying body system dysfunction. Yeah, yeah. So some tests that like I would immediately be thinking about when there's food sensitivities would be certainly gut testing. So something like a comprehensive stool test that can look for pathogens or look at the health of your microbiome, looking at leaky gut, looking at the health of your digestive organs and the juices that they create. That's going to give us heaps of information, one to work with so you can actually heal the gut and then you can eat all the foods. Um, and then sometimes too, like it's really common for people with SIBO, so that small intestinal bacterial overgrowth for a lot of food sensitivities to arise in that as well. So, you know, I'd probably suggest running a SIBO breath test depending on what else is going on for the client. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right. And so, and so the, the, the benefit of that too is that you don't have to restrict food for the rest of your life. If you can heal your body systems, especially the gut, then you should be able to eat a wide variety of foods again. Okay, so let's chat about some of the other symptoms. So fatigue, insomnia, brain fog, all of these came up as well. Uh, so I'd definitely be looking at gut health to restore normal function and improve food reactions. But gut health isn't the only body system that triggers food sensitivities and an abnormal immune response to healthy foods, which is actually a new information for a lot of people. I think people are pretty savvy now that you need good gut health to digest and respond to foods healthily but not a lot of people have really considered that there may be other body systems that are causing your system so like your whole self to be in a hyper aroused um nervous system dysregulated state and so the fact that this listener also has a combo of fatigue insomnia brain fog these are all classic body burnout symptoms tells me that highly likely the neuroendocrine system is also probably not doing very well. So these are areas such as the adrenal glands that produce your stress hormones, the neurotransmitters that secrete serotonin and adrenaline. All of these can not only cause fatigue, insomnia, brain fog, but they also greatly affect the nervous system. And when the nervous system is firing dysfunctionally, <laughs> This then causes the immune system to fire dysfunctionally. It's almost like the saying is what, what fires together, wires together. And the reason why that happens is if the nervous system is um, responding to threat or it thinks that something is going to affect your safety, then the immune system often ramps up as well because we evolved to... Uh, Kind of like when we think about going back to caveman days, there weren't a lot of ways that we could be threatened. So there were like dangerous animals, there were famines, and then there were kind of just like viruses and pathogens that could enter our system. So the immune system is always on alert when the nervous system is on alert. And that's where you can start developing abnormal antibodies in your body that can then fire off IgG, IgA, IgE, food allergy antibodies, and then that shows up on testing and you also feel it symptomatically. 
Uh, so just say, just say somebody out there might be driving their car right now. Yeah. And they've just realised that they're driving on the wrong side of the road because their eyes are crossed and, and all that information just kind of went over the top of their heads. Some people love the science, Chris. <laughs> so just, just for some of those people who might be not so science inclined, mm-hmm. why did you say all that? What's the point? The point is we got to look at why you're getting the symptoms in the first place. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, when you have food reactions, do know, you know, I think the population is pretty savvy around, like, you got to have a healthy gut. But what about your brain, your adrenal glands, your nervous system? Are they healthy as well? Because if they're not, you can't rest and digest. So that's going to affect gut health. But it also ramps up the immune system, which can then start tagging things that are safe as unsafe. So like broccoli or carrots or banana. Mm, that makes sense. Is that good? Yeah. Is that like dumb, cr- dumb, dumb, dumb enough for That's, you? <laughs> hey, like you're talking about cavemen and you got one right next to you. And I feel like <laughs> some of our listeners might be m- more on my <laughs> Yeah, cool. No, that's that's good. Chris... Chris is a nice me balance dumb. for me where I can get a bit like, oh, everyone knows what IgG means and leaky gut and secretary IgA and Chris is like, no, they don't. Like, I know what IgA <laughs> is. It's that supermarket around the corner. Chris is just like, people know that they're feeling crappy and they want help. Yeah. <laughs> well, they need to do something about it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Now, science. Graves disease. So um, the listener also listed that in her application form for this episode that she has been diagnosed with Graves' disease, which is another sign of an overactive immune system. And it's highly likely linked to the high amount of food allergies showing up in her testing. So Graves' disease is an autoimmune disease or even like an immune system disorder, we could say that in another way, that causes your thyroid gland to produce too much thyroid hormone. Um, so I won't go, I mean, gee, we could do a whole podcast on thyroid diseases. Philly just said, Philly just said the magic word. She's like, look, I'm not going to go into the science too much. <laughs> no, I will a little bit more, but I won't go deep into Graves' disease because it's not the scope. We got some resources on episode. our blog about Graves' disease. Mm. Maybe not. We can, we can do something. Okay. But basically what happens when someone has an autoimmune thyroid disease or any type of autoimmune disorder is that their immune system actually starts producing some sort of antibodies. So thyroid antibodies, for example, in Graves' disease, which then tries to attack the thyroid tissue causing hypothyroidism or an overactive thyroid gland. And so... So it's really interesting that this person is producing a lot of thyroid antibodies, but they're also producing a lot of IgA or IgG or IgE food antibodies as well. So the immune system is just like, like it's, it's in crisis at the moment. It's just like everything is unsafe. What do I do? I have to tag everything as unsafe. Um. Oh, sorry. I thought Chris was going to say something. <laughs> uh, in other words, you got a lot of crazy hormone stuff going on based on the foods that you eat, putting you in a state of stress, makes your body do weird, funky, stressed out stuff. Even though you're not weird and funky and stressed out, it's just your hormones are a little bit wonky. Yeah, but it's probably more complex than that. <laughs> hey, 
I'm here to generalise. <laughs> so, so then again, it's the same question with Graves' disease in terms of what's causing the food allergy stuff. Um, what's So another way of looking at that is what could be inflaming or causing more stress to the body? So in autoimmune conditions, I'm always thinking about like are there pathogens or SIBO or low microbiome or leaky gut or adrenal fatigue or depleted brain chemicals or detox issues. Um, sometimes with people who have a lot of complex body burnout symptoms often have sensitivities to mold or maybe they've even been bitten by a tick and developed something like Lyme disease if you've been traveling or living in a place that could have Lyme disease ticks. Okay, now one other symptom I wanted to chat about and then we'll get into the root causes or deeper, deeper what we call metaphysical root causes. So uh, this lady also said she's been dealing with a chronic cough, which is interesting. So usually if someone has food issues, plus they've got a chronic cough, my first thing that I always think about is maybe you've got some sort of chemical sensitivity to something like histamine or salicylates which often is the case when people have chronic body burnout and their body systems are all out of whack and imbalanced. Um, but it's very interesting that Chantel wrote in that the chronic cough started at a change of career when she had added responsibilities and stress. Mm. Super interesting. I love these little bits of information because it's like, oh, okay, we're getting a more well-rounded um, uh, vision here. <laughs> vision, I think that's the right word. <laughs> Well-rounded case, information. So we see it all the time in clinic that extra stress flares up symptoms or can create new ones. So on the physical side of things, this makes complete uh, sense if there were underlying adrenal issues or brain issues that were affecting her ability to produce stress hormones and chemicals. Um, so like a change in career, more stress, more responsibility, these body systems that potentially were already struggling are just struggling even more now. And that's leading to another symptom. Um, she said in her form that the ENT had, uh, she, she saw an ENT doctor and had an endoscopy completed with nodules removed and the cuff sub the cough subsided, but it's still prevalent. So I'm not too clear if the nodules were gastric nodules, which would be like an endoscopy as a camera down the throat, um, or if it's thyroid nodules. But regardless, structurally, the removal of the nodules helped with the cough, but it is still there. So the deeper root cause hasn't been found yet. And I think it's a good time. I can tell Chris is itching to talk about the deeper Root, root causes. Put me in, coach. Oh. Give me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so testing, not blessing, super important. That's like our baseline level of inquiry in our functional medicine practice, getting really clear on where the body systems are at, what's burnt out, what's overgrown, so we can start healing those with lab-based targeted supplements is really important but then in order to end body burnout we don't just want to put a band-aid approach and just do some natural supplements and a diet or take away foods <laughs> although you may feel better for a time we want to look deeper into what actually caused the body systems to burn out in the first place okay so let's look at some of the other data in this case 
Yeah. So I think a good segue is to start chatting about the chronic cough again. Yeah, cool. I was hoping we would. <laughs> the holistic model is not all about, hey, you got a symptom. Oh, let's give you a drug. Hey, you got a thing. Oh, let's treat that. Hey, you've got a potential to have a health issue. So let's give you a mandated... Va- oh, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, let- <laughs> but also too in that line of thinking, because sometimes people think that they get to the root cause when they've done lab testing. They're like, the root cause, food allergy. I'm allergic mm. to that, that, that. I've got adrenal fatigue. I've got leaky gut. It's still not the root cause. It's just we're gathering more information from the physiology. Yeah. And and I guess the holistic holistic model of this, the holistic view is... Okay, we see you've got a chronic cough. It's been going on for a while. What's a cough? <coughs> it's kind of like you're trying to get attention. You're trying to, <coughs> like if, if you just did that, <coughs> you do a little throat clear, uh, chakra, throat, communication, trying to, Louise Hay says, you're trying to bark at the world. Um, you've got this, this need to be heard. Holistic model, opens up inquiry for for all sorts of things. It's not necessarily saying, oh, just do this, but it, it, it opens up uh, doors where, of inquiry where we could say, hmm, is there something that you want to say? Is there something you want to get off your chest? Is there something you want to get out in the open? You know, kind of like using coughing as a metaphor. I, I do it all the time with, with our clients using health symptoms as metaphors. It was so cool and interesting to see what comes up. Mm. And that's another connecting of uh, the dots right Yeah. And like with the metaphors too, it's really, it is a metaphor. It's a symbol, but it's purely just a symbol coming from your unconscious state, trying to grab your attention. So these symptoms are real. You didn't just make them up. But when we look at it in a holistic way, it's like, all right, so now we can see what body systems are out of whack and that's why you have the symptoms. But what is the deeper message? Like Mm. what is the deeper metaphor of this symptom? Your body body talks in, like I can't just send you an email. Mm. It, It does speak to you. Your body does speak to you. Your body sends you messages and it lets you know exactly what it feels like it needs. Mm. And coughing is, it's exactly what your your body is trying to tell you. But just what does that mean? What does it mean when it, when it coughs? Yeah. And so maybe we'll talk into stress a bit as well, because it definitely sounded like things got worse when there was the change of the career, more mm. responsibility, more stress. And so it's interesting, like we all know, like, Most people know, that was a generalisation, most people know that stress (laughs) impacts our health. But what a lot lot of people aren't really aware of is that stress is subjective based on how you're filtering information coming in from the environment. So stress Mm. is never outside of us. If we're talking about emotional stress, it's never what's happening outside of us. It's not because... It's we internal. have a different job. Yeah, it's it's the way that we're responding to the information from the external environment. It's, so it's an internal stress. Yeah, stress, is, think about it this way. Stress is largely internal and it's pretty much an opinion issue. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah. Because some people some people can go through that uh, workplace change and, and, and have that experience and they thrive. 
that's like the best thing that mm. they could ever experience. They're just like, I am so happy that this is happening. But the fact that Chantel's being stressed, choosing to be choosing to be stressed in, in this experience means that that this is an opinion issue. Yeah. A good example to just like bring it back to like us is that COVID, when COVID hit and it was locked down, I freaked out and it actually caused a yeah. lot of health issues to flare up. Whereas Chris, on the other hand, same situation, same I house, same homeschooling, same the time businesses. Of my life. <laughs> same businesses being shut down, same finances. <laughs> Chris loved it. He loved it. So I so that was a huge Bring back for me. lockdown. Bring <laughs> That was no. a, <laughs> do not no. quote me on that. <laughs> that, was a, okay. that was a huge learning for me that it's just like, wow, I thought I just had a, I thought it was just like stress was out there. It was the craziness that was happening out there, but it was all the craziness happening inside of me that I really had to dig down into. So a lot of people, like even health professionals, natural therapists, well-meaning friends would just say, you just need to reduce stress. Like just reduce stress in your life or just stopping, stop stressing so much. It's really unhelpful, if not unkind, because you can't just, you can't just switch it off. It's impossible if it's just like, just stop stressing. You have to look at the opinion of why, like the opinion issue that Chris was talking about, about why you're feeling hypersensitive or hyper aroused or hyper vigilant with the stresses that are happening outside of you. That's pretty negative and aggressive language as well. You should, you need to, you have to, you've got to. Was that what to. I just said? No, uh-huh. uh, like uh, it is what you said, but oh, like sorry. about. No, 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 no. Like you were, you were referring to advice. Yeah. Like you've uh, yeah, got yeah, yeah. to stop yeah, that. Yeah. You need to. And then we start adopting this language from experts and, and uh, who are going down the, the traditional medical route. Actually, I don't mean traditional, the, the common route for, for treatment of symptoms, right? It's stop doing this. You're silly. That's shaming language. It's pretty negative. It's low vibe. Uh, what's more, what's more loving? What's more caring is is hey, what's your body telling you? Like, listen in on your. Oh, it's okay to listen to your body. What's mm. your body actually saying right now? This is, this is a. Would you would it be a silly idea to to think and consider with curiosity? Mm. Is your body maybe trying to perhaps tell you something mm. right now? And I think to like another reframe is not not so a lot of people say oh, or think about it for themselves it's like well what is stressing me what's stressing me let's stop that a better question is You're why <laughs> why am i having this response in the first place and a great question oh my gosh i probably say it in every consult that i have is and how does that make you feel about yourself <laughs> because then we're getting to a deeper root around why you're getting triggered in the first place so it was interesting that in this listener's case she did self-identify as having constant feelings of shame and guilt and low confidence not feeling oh sorry only feeling significant or worthy when other people give her praise feeling frustrated with herself and others and easily getting offended, defensive and taking things personally. And I just also just want to um, honour her honesty too because a lot of people don't even recognise when they're feeling this way or if they do, they're embarrassed about it. However, we all know that – well, Chris and I know that it's completely normal (laughs) to have these feelings – 
it's not healthy, but it's normal until you start unpacking them and reframing and literally rewiring the way that your brain is experiencing your life. Boom. So these these patterns are really common, like so common in people with body burnout, in those busy people doing the things, people pleasing, perfectionism, addictive doing. And they're what we call root 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 causes of body burnout or in other words the root root cause or metaphysical inflammatories getting down to the business so again in in like health a lot of people are like oh there's so much inflammation there's so so many physical ways that we get inflamed there's this ibuprofen (laughs) there's the food that we eat there's toxins there's Lyme disease there's mold there's um there's sugar there's alcohol Blah, 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 blah. And then people chuck in, oh, and there's stress as well. So, yeah, that absolutely impacts our body systems and we look at all of that as well. But what often is missed is the metaphysical Metaphysical. inflammatories that's causing physical damage to the body and in just the same way that parasites and mould and sugar are causing issues in the body. So your body will produce cortisol a stress hormone regardless of what type of inflammatory stressor it is if it's a negative thought you have about yourself the body's going to behave the same way as if you have a nasty parasite inside your body and so you need to need to want to you might you might consider you might consider actually untangling these root causes so your body can finally heal and at the end of the day these deeper unconscious patterns are why you're getting the symptoms in the first place. It's that message. It's the, hey, you haven't been listening to me for a really long time. I'm not happy here. I feel unsettled. I feel unsafe. So I'm going to give you pain right now so you listen to me. And sometimes your body might speak like our our little kids speak to 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 us at night dad please come on can you put me to bed dad dad and they'll come in or, or elsie she'll she'll grab me by the arm and like dang, dang, dang. dad dang, dang, dang. It's, it's really beautiful when you think about it but but at the end of the day it that's how she is grabbing attention she used to grab my face and like turn it to me Turn, it, turn my face towards her so i look into her eyes right yeah sometimes she'll grab and and that that's what your body is doing. Your body is, it's yelling at you. It's saying, hey, listen to me. There's a thing. Mm. And it speaks in metaphors. It, it speaks in, in s- signals. It speaks in symptoms and sensations and states. And physiology. Yeah, it's like, f- like physio, like the way your body. Like we don't want, we don't want to say that oh leaky gut isn't the thing like it's it's everything impacts everything like it's physical body mind spirit it's all connected you can't just treat a a physical body because we're not just physical beings (laughs) yeah this is the this is the holistic model it's not the reductionist approach it's not the 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 medical model it's it's not reductionist it doesn't just chunk the holistic model is 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 less about breaking you up into chunks and bits and pieces or stapled together a holistic viewpoint is you're more than just the sum of your parts well that sink in for a second you're more than just your body systems 
and and a lot of natural practitioners, holistic alternative therapists will 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 use a more natural approach and call it holistic, but still they're chasing the symptoms, aren't they? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. like especially I see it in uh, uh, clinical nutrition traditional or general functional medicine, naturopathy, um, gym, PT, you know, Got this symptom, do this thing. Yeah. Whereas whereas if you only heal the physical part of yourself, nine times out of ten, in fact, I'd say 99% of the time. 99 times out of (laughs) ten. 99% of the time is what I've seen over the years and with myself personally is that you may feel good for a time but things will unravel again until you address all of the deeper root causes. Might sound it might sound exhausting. It's just like, oh my gosh, there's so much work to do. But it's actually like when you can actually address the deeper root cause as well as give your body and your physiology like that support with natural supplements and healing diets and good nutrition. It's just like it's so much more effective and faster. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of times we will hear from our clients and from from other people. They'll say. I just want the shortcut. Just give me the supplement. Let me take the thing. Give me a tablet. And it's so funny, guys. The uh, dear listeners, it is not the shortcut. Actually, it's 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 the long cut because you're setting yourself up for a repetitive process and a cycle. Yeah, yeah. It happened to me. I mean, you listen back to my Phillies ending body burnout story, but it was just almost like my physical my physical healing helped but it was almost like I had to live in a cotton ball to yeah. stop symptoms from flaring up. And then when COVID happened, it was just like, boosh, bomb open. She's going to listen. She's going to listen this time. And the beautiful deer has been working so hard and so lovingly on her physical health, yet she still hasn't quite got it. She still hasn't quite reached the depths of why she actually fell sick in the first place. I like talking about myself in third person. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so we hope that this helps you to gain a different perspective on food sensitivities Mm. and looking at physical health symptoms in a more holistic approach. If you enjoy this format... Do you like it? Oh, yeah, let us know. Do you have fun? (laughs) But what I was going to say, if you were just listening, you're like, oh, my gosh, I would love to get some more insight, but, you know, maybe I'm not quite ready to work with Chris and Philly yet or maybe I never will, but I'd just love to get some more insight... You can, uh, we'll leave in the show notes a link there where you can actually put your own case forward for a Connect the Dots episode. Fun. Yeah, fun. We find it a lot of fun and we do it with utmost, utmost respect for you and hopefully so it can help you, but also just all the listeners listening as well. Like mm. there's going to be so many bits of gold that will help everybody. So actually you're helping other people find the root cause and an approach to ending your body burnout and just a little reminder that next week we will hear from our client alice and how she overcome her own food sensitivities this gal was down to eating asparagus and mushrooms how fun (laughs) she also had breast implant illness so that's really fun to dig into Mm. not fun experience for her but and a myriad of mysterious symptoms and deeper unconscious wounds and anyway, we're going to chat to her about how she addressed all of that using our ending body burnout method. Ba-dum-bum-bum-bum-bum. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. We look forward to chatting to you next time. 
Take good care. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you. If you'd like to give us extra smiles, drop us a review and spread the love by sharing this episode. You can also rate your own state of burnout and the root cause contributors by taking our ending body burnout assessment on our website. And if you're interested in learning about our group or one-on-one ending body burnout programs, shoot us a DM via Instagram or Facebook. Have Have the the best best day day ever. ever.